Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Just before we go to Louis DeBrus from NHL Hockey and Rogers, a quick text on our Ashley Fine Flores text line. This text comes in out of a Saskatchewan prefix, and it says, Hey, Bob, my kids are Ducks fans, and he told me that I was going to love Devin Shore as an Oiler. Kind of reminds me of a bigger Keith Acton from back in the day. Plays with uh, grit, can be a pest, but uh, knows where he needs to be when he's out on the ice. Great signing for the Oilers. Um, well, with, with all due respect to Devin, Keith Acton was a second-line center for the Montreal Canadiens when they were a pretty decent club. Now, when he came to Edmonton, towards the end of his career, he was in a third-slash-fourth-line role, and he did play, uh, you know, as, as, he was a pepper pot out in the ice. And I remember he upset Lanny McDonald one time, and Lanny could chuck him for a guy that was a skilled goal scorer. Uh, you know, Lanny scored 60 goals one year, but... He grew up playing in the old Western Hockey League back in the day with uh, Medicine Hat. He knew how to uh, throw the uh, uh, throw them. Uh, this show, by the way, on Thursdays, we have uh, three guys that uh, know how to throw them. Not the host, but we're going to go to one of them right now. Uh, Bob Stoffer, Brennan Escott with you. And we're going to head off to the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline. Our headliner today is brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhawk, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. And we welcome back to the show from NHL Hockey and Rogers, Louis DeBrusque. Hi, Louis. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well today, Bob. How are you doing? Good. Uh, some of the, anal- well, the majority of the analytics community uh, were up in arms last night when the Oilers did a two-year extension for a player below a million bucks who, you know, can play left wing, uh, can play center, uh, can kill penalties, and was one of the guys Dave Tippett relied on as the, one of the nine forwards in the triple overtime game. I'd like to get your assessment on the Oilers bringing him back at 850000 bucks, Devin Shore. Well, you know, I think it's a good signing, to be honest with you. I like what Devin has done um, with Edmonton. I like the fact that he kind of fought twice to make the team when you look at it. He came in as a walk-on, you know, made it out of training camp, signed a contract, and, you know, went down to the taxi squad and had to fight his way back up into the lineup. And every single time he jumped in there, he was just a real serviceable guy. Um, Comes to work every day. He's a big body. As you mentioned, he can play multiple positions in the forward positions, has done that for the Oilers over the course of this last year. You know, listen, when Dave Tippett calls you, you know, Mr. Third Guy High, you know you're a reliable player. And that's, you know, for your bottom six, it's what it has to be. You have to be reliable, number one. You have to be safe, number two. And, you know, anything you can add after that is a bonus. But uh, I think it's a good signing, a depth signing for Edmonton. And we kind of expected it, to be honest with you. I expected him to be back with the season that he had. And this isn't a surprise to me by any stretch of the imagination. Louie, I have time for analytics and everything that I do. Uh, I want to continuously improve the products that I'm involved with, like this show uh, and, and our broadcasts. And uh, information is power and knowledge. Mm-hmm. But but I don't, you know, it, it was really interesting because there's this chasm that exists. And we got some hardcore analytics guys, you know, chastising the Oilers organization. And again, when the team, you know what, like Lou Lamarillo, 
he does things his way and his teams i mean he hired barry trotz great hire and the islanders play a committed and we'll get to all of that in a second but he might not be the guy that's the most open to analytics but because he's successful there's less criticism in the oilers case when they're sitting there outside of the context of the uh outside of the context of the playoffs for 12 out of 13 it comes its way so there was some criticism last night on uh, on the short signing while the goal share wasn't great on his ice uh, when he was on the ice and i would argue back wait a sec here you know what he had about a 65 defensive zone start 65 percent d zone start what do you make i mean you you know more about the analytics i think i don't want to put words in your mouth now than you did five years ago but what do you make about that argument and that ongoing discussion and dialogue ahead and have it i don't care you know what for me it's 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 what you see on the ice sorry but you don't think that dave Tippett and the coaching staff from all the the teams around the league have like an an inner analytics to themselves to know when players are playing well and not i mean that's kind of what it's all about I, i i have nothing against analytics i just Listen, you have to go out there and do it. The one thing about hockey, I'm sorry, is there's five guys on the ice and a goaltender, plus five guys on the opposition and a goaltender for them. To sit there and say that you're 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 lumped into an analytic that, you know, a metric. I don't. I, I just for me, there's just too many variables. There's just too many variables. Now, if it becomes something that just is glaring, like even the plus minus. I mean, we talk about plus minus all the time, but you know what? In the real scheme of things, it's are you getting the job done? Period is that as simple as that for me. So I don't mind using it as a tool. I don't mind using it as a snapshot of what's going on per se. But for me, I've always kind of said if you, it's it's the eye test for me. If I'm watching a game, I'm going to tell you who's playing well and who's not right away. It just it's really easy. It just stands out like a sore thumb to me. I don't know why um, we need to put a whole bunch of numbers beside it to try and explain the same thing that we can explain in one sentence. Yeah, well, and it's funny about numbers, right? I mean, last year, McDavid and Drysaddle were both minuses, according to the antiquated plus-minus stat, Louie. Yeah, but they're terrible you- players, I guess, right? Yeah, well, except they were actually plus players in true straight-up three-on-three, four-on-four, five-on-five scenarios with goalies last season. And they were on a number one ranked power play in the NHL, best power play in 40 years. One guy went minus 10, one guy went minus 8 on that power play. You you have to to look at situations, though, too. Sorry, Bob, for cutting up. You have to look at situations, too, where those two guys on the ice all the time are trying to chase the game when they're behind. So what are they doing? They're opening up, they're stretching, they're trying to go on offense, they're trying to tie a game down by a couple of goals. You know, those situations just aren't great for players as far as analytics because they're not playing a safe, solid game. They're looking to try and score, period, because they know they have to. That's all. That's what they're looking to do. So, um, again, I'm not against it. I think there's a lot of great analytics out there that I think, you know, as far, like I said, take a snapshot of what's going on. But for me, it's you got to have a feel. There's got to be a feel there, and you have to understand there's certain little things that players do that don't show up in analytics, you know, getting a puck out of the zone, winning a battle along the wall. I mean, where are the analytics for that? Just because you win the battle, it doesn't mean the next guy loses the battle and the puck ends up in the back of your net, but you're going to get dragged into that analytic because of that, that lost battle. So I just have a really hard time with it. And, you know, a sport where it's one-on-one, where it's just one individual that you're, you're tracking and monitoring all the time, that's a different story. But when you've got moving parts and 10 players on the ice skating, there's a lot of different, I, I think it would be almost, you know, I'm not a math guy, but I, I think there's too many equations there to even add them up that could happen. Like it's just, there's just too many moving parts for me to really put too much of an emphasis on it. But if a guy's always on the right side of an, a, a, you know, 
something that you, you're looking for in your team, then you can use that as a tool of somebody you want to go get. But in game, I think it changes all the time because the situation is always different when they're on the ice. The situation is, are you up against the line that you're supposed to shut down? Are you up against the line that you're supposed to be offensive against? Are you up against the line you're just trying to equal? There's a whole lot of different situations that I just, I think it makes it really, really tough to try and, you know, gauge a player just on numbers. We're joined by NHL Hockey and Rogers analyst from Sportsnet, Louie DeBrus, Bob Stoffer with you in Oilers. Now, you talked about not being a math guy, Louie. Uh, uh, I, I took three years of math 33. So I wasn't exactly a kid and was pretty good in stats 241 at the University of Alberta when I eventually got there. But it took me a couple go rounds to work my way up. So, uh, yeah, someone say I'm not a math guy, too. And you know how quick I can be with numbers. So, well, when it came to the tough stuff, what's this trig stuff? Come on, man. All right. Yeah, that's, I, that's, you know what I mean? Yeah, you know, you know me. I listen. I I listen to it. I, I, I follow it a bit, but I just don't. You know what? For me, I mean, if a guy's losing face offs, he's losing face offs. I don't even need to know the percentage. He's just been not good in the face-off, Todd. Sorry. You're going to know that in crucial situations, who's winning them and who's not. Yeah. You know, as far as, you know, shots and goals for and chances for and all that, I mean, yeah, you know what? Good players typically are on the plus side of that. If you're not, then there could be different situations. Who are you playing with? What situations are you playing in? What time? Where is your face-off happening in that respective situation? Like, there's a lot of things that happen. I, I don't know. I just... It's one thing, don't get me wrong, and people that are really into it, great. That's awesome. I uh, I just don't know if that's the way you can run your team with just analytics. Louie, I want to switch. Though. It's a tool, no question. It, there's no question it's a tool, and I look for as yeah. much information as possible. Louie, um, the uh, the five guys on this show that did their playoff predictions are Jack Michaels, Cam Moon, uh, Reed Wilkins, Brendan Escott, and myself. Four of us had the Boston Bruins to beat the New York Islanders. Congratulations, Reed. You got it right. Um, two years in a row now, the Islanders are through to the conference final. Something about that Lamorello-Trotz uh, combination, uh, and I, I know it's a little bit tough for you because Jake, you know, had a season come to an end last night, but, man, the Islanders are a team that they just keep coming at you, and uh, to me, they're a little bit different, Louis. Like, they can win different ways, and even without a guy like uh, Anders Lee, Louis, they seem to have a lot of depth. Remind me a little bit of Dallas last year. You know, they remind me a little bit of Dallas last year, how they played a real structured, sound, strong game. And, you know, I mean, obviously, they have a great coach. They have a coach that's won before. They have a coach that I think should have won a coach of the year when he was in Nashville and never did, which I could never understand. But you know what? Uh, Barry Trotz knows how to make adjustments, knows how to get his team going. And if you if you look at them, it was textbook. They just absolutely dominated that series in areas they needed to dominate in. There were times when Boston really pushed really pushed and really gave it to them, but they, they, they bent, they didn't break. But, you know, when it really came down to it, they just they got the job done. Their defense is very underrated, in my opinion. I think they're really strong. They're aggressive, much like the Dallas Stars defense were last year. they got a couple guys that have really stepped up, and they're playing a team game right now. Everybody's involved. There isn't anybody that gets lost in the equation in that shuffle. I mean, if you look at every single guy on that bench, they all have a job to do, and they do it well. And listen, Boston was banged up. Their back end was banged up. There's no question about that. Tuka Rask was, you know, whether he was 100% healthy or not, um, he, he was deemed healthy enough to play. And uh, you got to give him credit. I can't take anything away from the Islanders here. They came out and they had a, a plan, and they executed, and they won the series. 
It's interesting with Boston. This is how experienced they are. Was Jake not their youngest forward that was playing for most of that series? Yep. I mean, I'm sitting here looking at it. Marchand's 32. Bergeron's 36. Krejci's 34. Tuka Rass talked yesterday about how old the team was after uh, they got eliminated. He wouldn't say whether or not he was specifically playing with an injury. Um, they, 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 they are... Uh, they're, they're going to be an interesting team to watch here because they've been a pretty good club, Louis, as you know, for the last three years. But, you know, they are getting up there a bit, aren't they? And it's showing. There's no question I think it's showing. The wear and tear of all those all those games and all those minutes and all those playoff series, and they won in 2011. They got back to the final again um, twice, you know, with this core. So, you know, for me, yeah, you, you can see it a little bit. They're They're a veteran team. There's no question they're a veteran team. Their top six was as good as, you know, you could argue as good as any top six in the league. Their top nine was right up there. I mean, uh, what are you going to say? Uh, for me, I think the one thing that you can you can certainly take from what I've seen in the playoffs the last few years, and it's usually been that way, but more so and more evident, it seems, you've got to have the back end. You've got to yeah. have the back end to defend, but you've also got to have the back end to move pucks up the ice and, and contribute offensively. And again, I'll go to the Dallas Stars, and I look at that team last year. Look at the goals they got from their defense. Look at the offense they got, but also just the stinginess and nastiness to defend. Um, Boston was out at least two of their regulars, and especially in the right-hand side, and, and Carlo and Miller that are two big bruising guys that could shut things down and defend. And they missed them drastically. They really did. You know, guys that jumped in there did a, did a great job to try and step in, but they were stepping into a team that smelt blood. And the New York Islanders, once they realized that the defense of the Boston Bruins was compromised, the pressure was relentless. And it, and you know what? And, and especially in Game Six, the turnovers and how their goals were scored. If you just take a look at that pressure, won them the series. Now that's just a that's just executing a game plan when you when you find the weakness of a team, you just exploit it as much as you can. And that's exactly what they did. They spent way too much defending, and the forecheck was ultra aggressive. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how they play against the Lightning. It really will. I'm really interested to see it because I think they play a nasty enough game, a physical enough game, that they can certainly give the Lightning a run for their money in that department and make it really difficult on their forwards. But as we've seen in the past, the Lightning just have obviously one of the deepest teams in the league. And until someone knocks them off of the, um, the top, they're, they're still the favorites for me. All right. Uh, we talked, uh, Louis DeBrus joining us from NHL Hockey and Rogers. Louis, we talked at various times, specifically in January when Montreal rolled into the town the first time. We talked about the size of that top four defense and that you go. be built for the playoffs and they have yeah. carry price. So regardless if it's Vegas or Colorado, does Montreal, because how the games are played and because of what they have on the back end in a goal, does Montreal have a puncher's chance against Vegas and Colorado, who right now look like they're playing on a different speed than some other series that are out there? Well, you know, I would say yes, because the frustration factor starts to creep in. And that's the, that's, that's the key. Now, if, that, if one of those teams gets off to a start and just finds their scoring touch and pucks start going to the net for them on a regular basis and, and it seemingly easily, then look out, you're in big trouble. But if the Canadians can continue to play the way they've played and kind of shut things down the way they have, um, and I agree that, the, you know, the start of the year when Montreal was winning games, we looked at that back end, the top four, and we said that, that that's a formidable top four. That's, that's an impressive defense core right there that, 
you know, is really hard to play against. They're physical, they're rangy, they can lean on you, they can all shoot the puck. Every single one of those guys can shoot the puck, which is key, absolutely key in playoff hockey. You have to have defensemen that can make sure they get that pack, puck past the first wave down in the danger zone. If you're throwing muffins, I'm telling you right now, you're gonna, you're gonna, it's going to be a long night for you because people are so willing to get in front of shots, so willing to block them, stand in front of it. You have you have to have an assertive defense that makes sure they get those shots, number one, accurately down into the danger zone and with some pace on it. it, it and the, the teams that have that, for me, are the successful teams right now. When everything tightens up, everything's collapsed, everybody's attention to detail is that much more um, on par. And the, the goals that are being scored, you look at them, it's either fatigue on a breakdown, an extended shift, or it's usually some sort of a shot, rebound, chaos, and next thing you know, it's in the back of your net. It happens so much in the playoffs. But, uh, yeah, that top four for Montreal, gives them, it gives them a chance, I believe. Plus, you know, there's one thing about being the underdog. There's one thing about being the underdog is that you don't feel the pressure, and especially when a series starts to get into the, you know, games four and five and six, if it's a close series, the pressure, I believe, always starts to build more on the team that's expected to win. So, the, the Canadians right now are just, they're playing free. You know, I, we, we hear coaches talk about it all the time, but they're playing a free game. Wow. They're getting timely scoring. They've got veteran guys that are stepping up. They've got guys that have won in that dressing room. They've got a real good thing going, and it's happening at the right time. Timing is everything. And, again, you got to take your hat off to them because they've seized an opportunity to get themselves to the conference final. And uh, we'll see. I, you know, listen, whoever comes out of that Vegas, because that's been the best series by far for me, watching Colorado-Vegas yes. play, it's been no outstanding hockey. I mean, it's just been, I watch it, and I'm, I, I got an ear-to-ear smile on my face watching that, that the pace and the, the, the skill and just both of them play a structured, solid game, but they're fast. It's going to be a handful, whatever team comes out of that series. Vegas has an opportunity to finish it off tonight in six. We'll see what happens. I think it's going seven. I think they'll find a way to win and push it to seven. But uh, the abs, that is. But uh, it'll be interesting. It'll be a real neat final four because there's going to be two designated big-time favorites, as far as I'm concerned, in the Tampa Bay Lightning and whoever comes out of the series between the Avalanche and uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. And then you've got some underdogs that have stepped in there that maybe aren't getting the respect they deserve with the way they're playing the game. Um, it's going to make for really interesting uh, conference finals. Louis, total curveball. We know you're a movie aficionado. Uh, you watch a little bit of uh, – it's tough these days, but uh, there's quality television as well. Were you focused solely on Boston and the Islanders, or have you and Cindy had a chance to watch anything uh, new that's out there on Netflix or Prime or anything like that? Good question. You know what? I don't know. I've, I've always liked mythology. I, I've been one of those kind of guys, you know, the marbles. And all, so I kind of got, I, I watched that Ragnarok, you know, it's kind of on like the, um, sure. yeah. Is that Thor? You know, Thor, you know, yeah, it's kind of like uh, that, that old kind of um, mythology with the gods and the giants and all that kind of stuff. And I don't know, it's kind of cool. It's kind of, it's a subtitle, but I think the acting's good. And I think the storyline's good. It's kind of, you know, for me, that's, it's just kind of relaxing, kind of uh, not think too much type of TV to watch and turn things down at the end of the night. But I, I love that kind of stuff. But other than that, we haven't delved into too many series, to be honest with you, Bob. We've been kind of just waiting to kind of get into something and sink our teeth into it. Any suggestions? Uh, oh, geez. Uh, Caligula is out. 
that was uh, interesting. I thought that was a pretty interesting series. Uh, the guy had some pretty, he had some uh, unique uh, morals for that time, to say the least. I thought that was, what did I see with Richard, Ma- oh, uh, Medici, uh, with Richard Madden. That is out as well on Netflix. Okay. Uh, I might have been whispered. I might have missed. I've been seeing a lot of promotion for this panic one on uh, Prime, and I've kind of been looking at that. I don't know what it's all about, but um, I've been thinking about maybe trying that one out, too, just to see what it's all about. Now, I can tie Thor back into the New York Islanders. You want me to give it a rip? Sure. Do you know which former Islanders pretty good player who could really fight out of the Western Hockey League's real name is Thor? We'll throw that out there right now on the Ashley Fine Floors text line, 780-496-0063. He was a four-time Stanley Cup champion, this guy. And, and, he, and he, could, he could throw. They had a Jethro, and, they had a, uh, and this, this other guy's real first name was Thor. Not coming to me for some reason. Well, Jethro was Clark Gillies, who's a Hall of Fame okay. player. This guy... Yep. This guy was damn near as tough as uh, Clark Gillies. So he was Nystrom? Bob Nystrom. Is yeah. The, his real name I used to love Thor. watching that guy fight. He, used to, he had that straight hair that you should, I swear, every time he threw a punch, it would just kind of buckle and flare every time he threw a oh, punch. Yeah. And, you know, and there was no such thing as head down with those guys. When those guys <laughs> fought, it was, it was, you know what I'm saying? It was put your head up, take as many shots as you could, and see if you can give the other guy one more. It and, was all I offense. Mean, that, that's kind of the era, to be honest with you, Bob, but those are the fight tapes that I watched coming up into the National Hockey League. Like when I was trying to hone my skill and learn how to fight, and you know, that was the era that I watched all the time. And um, Bobby Nystrom was one of my favorites. I used to look, because number one, he was a good player too, but he just, I don't know, there were, every time he fought and those guys fought, there was, there was a little bit of an anger that was behind the fight. And it, they, every single guy went into every fight thinking they could win the fight. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Ben Wilson's of the world. I mean, Ben Wilson was outstanding. I just used to love watching that guy go out. But Bobby Nystrom, when the gloves came off, look out because they were for real. He could chuck him. Louie, awesome stuff. Thanks for joining us. All right. Take care, bud. You bet. That's Louie DeBrus from NHL Hockey and Rogers. Uh, we'll come back with NHL today for Elite Promotional Marketing. It's 1255 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. It is 1256 in Edmonton. Here we go. Uh, we'll tell you this. Guests on the show receive certificates too. Roos Chris Steakhouse. Roos Chris uh, opens for dine-in tomorrow. 99.90, 90th. Uh, 99.90, 90th Avenue, Roos Chris Edmonton, the 99th. Roos Chris to open. Tell Brendan, Maggie Taylor, and Chef Eltop that orders now sent you Roos Chris. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. As we uh, go to NHL today for Elite Promotional Marketing, bumped into Drew Shamahorn yesterday. It was great seeing him. Uh, Elite, uh, company branded apparel, products, and awards, all created in-house shop local at elitepromomarketing.com and here's brendan escott win or go home tonight for the colorado avalanche on the road in vegas they trail that second round playoff series three to two with the winner moving on to face montreal it is tampa and the islanders as bob mentioned in the other semi-final after barry trotz's group sealed the deal on home ice against boston last night uh, you heard two years eight hundred fifty thousand dollars per season that is the contract extension handed out 
out to Devin Shore by the Oilers. 26-year-old is a former second-rounder, of course, earned the roster spot on a professional tryout offer last year. Gaetan Haas, meanwhile, going the other way. He signed a five-year deal in his home Switzerland, ending his Oilers tenure. Connor McDavid, of course, a finalist for the Hart Memorial Trophy for the NHL's most valuable player. Nathan McKinnon is a finalist for the second straight year. Matthews, a first-time nominee and actually Toronto's first finalist since Doug Gilmore in 1993. And Chicago signed the 17th overall pick from the 2020 draft, Lucas Reichel, to a three-year entry-level deal today. He was just representing Germany at the World Championships. Gilmore! That was what they used to say back in about 1993. For the Leafs! Uh, Bob Cole, great pipes. The Oilers Now Injury Report brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters in injury law as a member of what is now the Edmonton Elks football team. Trent Brown was a heavy hitter. He knocked multiple players into next week. He was a big-time safety that could bang back in the day. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Here's Brendan Escott. Yeah, so uh, can we put a coach on the injury report? Because yeah. Avalanche bench boss Jared Bednar was not on the ice for morning skate thanks to what they're calling irregularities in his COVID test results. It's now unclear if he'll be behind the bench tonight for that crucial game six on the road and uh, Islanders Islanders forward uh, Oliver Wallstrom, former first rounder, still unavailable to the team. He got hurt lower body area game five against Pittsburgh. 12.59 in Edmonton. We will head off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell and when we come back for Canadian Power Pack Alberta's leader in electrical construction service electrical prefabrication and solar kevin weeks from the nhl network for canadian power pack and we will be talking about john gibson this is oilers now oilers now with bob Stoffer. weekdays at noon on oilers radio 6 30 chad